I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. You know, growing up, at least in my home, the only investment we ever heard about was bank deposits. I knew about recurring deposits and fixed deposits and little else. It wasn't until much later that I came across equity and then bonds. Now, if you've been following the news this week, you'll have heard that there's a new investment option that everyone's talking about. It's the Bharat Bond ETF. Thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about this new investment option, its salient features and whether or not it can be described as an alternative to fixed deposits as it is being marketed. Joining me on this conversation is Arvind Rao, SEBI Registered Investment Advisor and founder of Arvind Rao & Associates. Thanks so much for joining me, Arvind. It's my pleasure, Alex. Now, let's first talk about what this is about, the Bharat Bond ETF. It's essentially an exchange-traded fund that allows you to invest in public sector bonds. That's right. In fact, uh, I think I have to share with you that a couple of days back, I had one of my clients calling me Mm. Uh, pretty excited in the afternoon saying that uh, there is a new bond issue that is hitting the market. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, what do you think of it? Should I be investing in it? Right. Now, having known him for at least a decade now, um, he uh, his attitude and um, his uh, liking for fixed income investments, where he's constantly looking for opportunities to get interest. Mm. Uh, and uh, that too, if they are government uh, issued instruments he mm. prefers them more yeah so my first answer to his question was ki, sir let me just remind you that you know this is not a bond issue but it is actually an etf issue mm. which is going to be traded via the market and i could hear the the dampening uh, in his sound when he said oh okay i said you know what you're not going to get any interest payments out of this issue. Mm. And then he said, okay, then I don't think I'm interested in it. So for all the listeners of this podcast, I think uh, Alex uh, has started the features about this Bharat bond on the right note by mentioning that it is an exchange traded fund, which means it's actually an assortment of um, bonds issued by different companies Mm. under one basket. Okay. And, uh, As the name suggests, it's Bharat Bond. So basically, it is going to be different government companies that will form this basket. And uh, that is what makes this whole ETF a unique proposition because Mm. um, till date, never before has the Indian market seen Mm. uh, such kind of a a basket uh, being made available to investors. Mm. Uh, Definitely, you've had uh, a lot of Uh, public companies or uh, PSUs as they are called coming out with singular issues. Yes. But imagine 11 of them uh, or sorry, uh, 12 of them Mm. uh, making a team and saying that just give uh, your money in one basket and you will actually hold uh, bonds of all of us at one go Mm. is something that really makes this product uh, interesting. You know, I just want to point out here that if anyone's unfamiliar with the term exchange traded fund we've done a separate conversation on uh, one index funds and two we've done a separate conversation on index funds and etfs and what they essentially mean the difference between the two so i would actually encourage you 
to go and listen to that as well. We've also had, Arvind, a separate conversation on bond funds, where we've spoken mm-hmm. about the instrument that is the bond and the fact that it's essentially a, a debt paper that right. is issued either by a company or by the government. Right. And it's it's like any other debt instrument. It bears interest and you can sell it in the secondary market. And thereby, you can essentially sell it either at a profit or at a loss and it can change the ultimate returns that you get from that product. Uh, that's right. So uh, of the various bond issues, uh, quite a few of them also get listed on the yeah. uh, secondary markets. Yeah. And that's when you have an option to exit out uh, via the uh, market instead of waiting to hold it till its maturity. Mm. Let's talk about uh, this uh, Bharat Bond ETF though. Uh, it's open for subscription already. It opened yes. on the 12th of December yes. and it will be available till Friday the 20th of December. That's right. Uh, how does one go about subscribing to it? Uh, so let's also highlight at this point that this issue is being managed by the Edelweiss AMC. Yes. So this is as good as a new fund offer for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody who's interested to buy it has to go via making an application for the same via the DMAT accounts. Okay. Just like they would apply for an IPO. Mm. And uh, it's only post uh, allotment and listing mm. that uh, they can actually go about buying and selling via the exchange. Mm. In the same fashion, they buy and sell equity shares on an exchange. Okay. Is there a a face value that has been assigned in that? How does one determine how many units one can pick up? The face value will be 10 rupees. Okay. And uh, I think for the retail uh, sector, uh, or rather, I should should say the individual's uh, sector, the Mm. limit, upper limit for investment in this ETF has been prescribed at 2 lakhs. Okay. So up to 2 lakhs you can buy in this this new fund offer. offer, And then subsequently you can add more? Absolutely. I mean, then it's 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 freely available on the market. Mm. And uh, dip, I mean, it's anybody's choice as to how much they can invest in it. Mm. However, um, when we say that, uh, it's also said that people who want to invest 25 crores or mm. more mm. has to approach the AMC because, uh, you know, that, that's a whole different liquidity uh, ballgame. Yes. And uh, one, ha- one will have to go back to the AMC to help them invest this large sum. Okay, let's talk about some of the salient features of this ETF. It's Mm -hmm. essentially, like you already mentioned, 12 companies that Mm -hmm. will be issuing bonds. And these will all be PSU companies and the bigger issuers, one would think. And they all have uh, uh, the same rating as the sovereign, which is a AAA rating, right? That's the highest available rating. A AAA sovereign rating, yes. In fact, um, I think the timing of this ETF Mm. could not have been better for the simple reason that over the last six months to one year, yeah. uh, we have been hearing about a lot of uh, defaults on debt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, many people lightly also say that nowadays the debt market has become more volatile than the equity market. That's been true. Yes. And uh, in, in this whole uh, play, what's happening is that people really don't know what kind of credit risk they should be taking in for their portfolios. Mm. Which uh, invariably, I mean, let me give an analogy that whenever you hear some bank uh, going the wrong way, people always say that I think State Bank of India is the best because that's a government bank. So there is a flight to safety. There's a flight to safety, which also brings us to this issue that uh, when you're hearing so many uh, corporate houses and uh, other institutions filing for bankruptcy Mm. and raising their hands, People feel that government company bonds will be the best mm. because uh, it definitely comes with the government's guarantee behind it. Mm. 
So, uh, uh, like we said, it's a team of twelve PSUs. Yes. To name a few, you have like the top rung uh, top rung names like Indian uh, Oil Corporation mm. or the National Highway Authorities, mm. the Export Import Bank, and yeah. so on. Mm. So, uh, goes without saying that since it is government backed, uh, the rating is uh, the top uh, top, yeah. and uh, anything else, credit risk. should be the least of the worries for mm. the investors and credit risk of course to talk a little bit more about it and the reason why we're talking about it now more than we were before mm. is because in september last year you had the uh, the default by ilnfs yes. which essentially had this domino effect in the debt market i was actually just reading a report from bloomberg that suggested now and perhaps some of our more informed uh, listeners will understand what i'm saying here the premiums that are charged with regard to some of these debt issues Expenses, at least for the higher-rated corporates, is now finally coming down to levels that were seen before the ILFS default. So True. there is some level of uh, comfort that is creeping back into the market right now, but still the lower-rated re- corporates are struggling to raise funds. So when we used to talk before the ILFS crisis about credit risk funds, mm. now we are mm. talking about those. Uh, in in a more circumspect way shall we say uh, i will add to this by saying that uh, maybe prior to this episode people used to only talk about credit risk yes and a uh, lot of investors have now seen how mm. it unfolds yes uh, to the extent of the fall in the nav that some of these credit risk debt funds have also taken yes where overnight they find that the navs have dropped by sometimes anywhere between 5% to 10% yeah and it hurts um, or it has been hurting the investors more mm. because they never thought that debt funds could also yes. give negative returns that is a big misnomer i think yes. when a lot of people invest in debt funds they think that it works exactly like a fixed deposit and that their capital is protected in that sense right but it is not the case necessarily if there is a default then you're losing your money yes and that essentially is what it means when you're saying that you're exposing yourself to credit risk when we're talking about this bond etf though because of the fact that it has the sovereign backing that yes. is the backing of the government of india one would think that the credit rate uh, risk is much much lower yes i mean it's 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 actually the government risk that uh, one is taking up yeah and one wouldn't think that the government of india would default is the risk i mean it's the risk of the highest order yeah. so I mean, or the lowest order. Uh, that, yeah, that I should be saying the lowest order. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's talk about some of the other features. There are two maturities, uh, Arvind, that uh, are being offered. Uh, there's, I believe, uh, three years and a, a couple of months, and there's ten uh, years 10 and a couple years. of months. That's right. uh, and, and those are essentially as simple as that. Uh, but why is it important to talk about these two maturities? There's the aspect I think to talk about with regard to. interest rate risk uh, i understand that these are uh, what is called targeted maturity products right uh, which essentially means that you once you've subscribed you hold it for 3 years and a couple of months and 10 years and a couple of months whichever yes. you choose yes but i think the interesting part here is that because it's an exchange traded fund you can choose to exit prematurely true yeah true so in that sense if you're holding to maturity you don't have to worry about interest rate risk but if you exit prematurely right. you have to worry about interest rate risk it will be because uh, in the short term yeah. um with the kind of interest rate movements that happen mm. uh, when i say interest rate movements i'm actually referring to the um announcements that rbi makes in terms of the cuts in the repo rate every quarter yes so this will have 
uh, a bearing on the prices of these bonds yes. in the short term. Yes. So, uh, to just to take an illustration, like somebody subscribes to this in the month of December this year, hmm. and uh, in the month of March or April when the next uh, uh, RBI meeting happens, hmm. and for argument's sake, let's say RBI actually increases the repo rate instead hmm. of decreasing. Hmm. So that's going to have some effect on the bond market. Yes. And at that particular point in time, an investor who wishes to exit from this ETF hmm. uh, via the exchange may face um, uh, some hit because um, uh, this, this this being market linked or market driven, the whole change in the interest rate movement will have a direct impact on the bond prices, which will reflect in the ETF. And having said this, why it is referred to as a targeted maturity product is that for every investor who is willing to wait for the three years or the 10 year mark need not lose sleep because whatever is the promised uh, or the indicated uh, return profile here yeah. will continue to hold. Mm. But it's only if you hold it till maturity, yes. if you want to exit out in between, then you're exposed to the market. So essentially, if and let's talk about those uh, returns that could be expected, right? Uh, let's break it down on the three year what is expected and on the 10 year what's expected on the three year i think the expected return is hovering around 6.5 to 6.7 that's net of taxes uh, this will be the gross uh, return so gross return is 6.5 to 6.7 yes. and for the 10 year we're talking about it's over 7 7.5 to 7.6 is what is indicated understood we'll talk about the tax aspect in just a short while yes i just want to point out this thumb rule that has helped me mm. when i'm trying to understand the dynamics in the bond market mm -hmm. uh, very simply there is an inverse relationship between price and yield yes uh, so if the interest rates rise or in a scenario where interest rates are keeping on rising and assume that you're holding a bond um, what will happen is essentially the price of that bond in a rising interest rate scenario will fall so the price falls when the yield rises and the price rises when the yield falls just to add one bit to this key it also depends the movement of the the price movement of the bond will depend upon what is its current interest rate. So yeah. let, let's take this same Bharat bond yes. ETF example. So if the three-year variant average yield is around 6.6, .6, yes. and I think the report today stands at anywhere close to 5. Point, uh, I think uh, 5.2 or something. Yeah, thereabouts, 5.15 or 5.2. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, in, in my previous example, let's say in March, RBI takes the report to 5.5 mm. directly. Mm. So, this 30 basis point movement in the repo rate mm. will have some impact on the 6.6 .6 yielding bond also because now the differential between the rates that was available when this bond was bought mm. versus what its rate is now, now yeah. will make the prices go down. Correct. So, that's basically it. Let's talk about the, the net of tax returns. Now, that's that's an interesting uh, fact that, uh, that we have to talk about because uh, this is where people are saying that it's a superior product to mm -hmm. a fixed deposit. Mm. There is capital gains that right. arise out of holding this bond for three years. That's right. the minimum maturity that right. you're holding it. Right. If you hold it for more than three years, there are capital gains uh, benefits in that. There is indexation benefit available. That's right. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. So uh, I think let me start it this way. Uh, a fixed deposit, mm. whether with a bank or whether with a company, mm. no matter how long is its holding period, mm. the taxation always remains the same mm. that the growth is taxed as interest and which is added to your uh, incomes 
and gets taxed at, as per this lab rates. So very simply, if I've got a fixed deposit of one lakh rupees, and if it's attracting an interest of eight percent, if I've gained therefore eight thousand rupees in a year, that eight thousand rupees goes and sits on top of my earnings for the year from my salary, say. Right. So if I've been lucky and I've earned fifteen lakh rupees in a year, net of everything else, mm-hmm. that eight thousand rupees goes and sits on top of the fifteen lakh rupees. That's right. So effectively, because that. 8,000 rupees is in the highest tax slab, hmm. I, that 8,000 rupees gets taxed at 30%. That's right. Okay. All right. So that's how fixed deposits work. So now vis-a-vis this, when we come to uh, talking about the taxation for the Bharat bond ETF, after three years, this gets classified as a long-term capital asset. Uh-huh. Um, what it implies for investors is that long-term capital assets, when you sell, will get taxed at 20%. Hmm. But after you index the cost, okay. Now indexation is basically uh, um, accounting tool, for inflation. A tool that is made available under the income tax yeah. to account for inflation during the period of holding. Right. Here, since we are talking about the three-year variant mm. being maturing in three-year and a certain number of months, mm. practically the investor gets to inflate his cost over four financial years that's the specific that's actually a benefit that's being offered in this particular bharat bond etf in fact uh, uh, we can also mention here that some of the experienced investors uh, amongst our listeners mm. can correlate this to fmps or no, the fixed, fixed maturity, maturity plans, plans yep. that used to get launched specifically as a three year and a three day uh, FMP, mm. uh, because merely by adding those three days, they were offering the investors four years indexation. Okay, so it's virtually the same uh, uh, benefit that we are talking about for the ETF as well. Okay, uh, just to make it clear, um, have you done a calculation as to what um, the net of tax return on a three-year paper or a three-year ETF investment would look like, assuming say an inflation of four percent? So let me answer this uh, in this fashion that uh, in the past, uh, when we have done similar exercises for even debt funds, Mm. uh, virtually we have seen that the capital gain tax comes anywhere in the range of 5% to 8% Mm. of the growth. Mm. So as compared to uh, highest possible rate of 30% on On, the fixed deposit uh, interest, uh, an indexed uh, fund Mm. Uh, actually helps in reducing the taxation to as low as say 8% of the gain. Mm. So that's a huge saving. Yes. Although the law says 20%, but it's, it virtually will come down to 8% on the gains. Because of the indexation. Because of the indexation. Okay, now let's talk about the three-year versus 10-year. Um, I would think that if you want to have uh, the interest rate risk and the, see, and when I say interest rate risk, it's also implying the, a possibility of higher returns because in a situation where interest rates fall in the system and you're holding a Bharat ETF, a bond ETF that you bought right now, and from this point interest rates fall, right. then you have the advantage of possibly higher returns. Right. So in that sense, would you say that somebody who wants to play that should hold the longer maturity paper or, or ETF? Uh, yes, because... Like we said, the indicated yield is around 7.5%. Mm. So in the same example, a 10-year ETF mm. is actually going to give me 11 years indexation. Yes. So it suits. Uh, it is suitable from the taxation perspective as well. So somebody who is comfortable with a 7% yield 
over the next 10 years and yeah. feels that interest rates are only set to go down from here mm. should take uh, advantage of this and lock himself or herself at a 7% at least mm. over the next 10 years but you know having said that we've looked at several cycles in the uh, in in the indian economy and it's not a given right that interest rates will stay pat or lower than they are right now it is but uh, there are quite a few investors who want to who are better off in locking away uncertainty mm. now although there is a probability that rates will go up from here mm. there is an equal probability that rates consolidate here and they don't go because you we definitely know about nations who have been at zero interest rates or negative interest rates for a long time yeah and as compared to that even today in india fds are still yielding 7% so there's a wide margin from to reach zero so there's a very strong opinion that in the coming years the interest rates in india if we have to march closer to being a developed economy mm. would only keep going down mm. so for that a 10 year giving you 7% looks very uh, attractive. attractive i want to also understand something that a lot of people have spoken about and i'm sure our listeners to a certain extent have also heard about this mm-hmm. one of the factors that might prove a hindrance for this bharat bond etf is the liquidity because though the cost of acquisition seemingly or the cost of operating this and we're talking about it in the form of an expense ratio mm-hmm. is extremely low right you could possibly be paying a significant amount of money if liquidity isn't there um is that something that you think could prove to be a barrier as long as i'm holding it till maturity There's the liquidity no should not be an issue okay me. but if i'm buying and selling there could be bouts in which i may face this liquidity issue so i may have to uh, wait out Uh, for it to get sorted mm. and just to explain this it's is the fact that there're not enough buyers and sellers mm. in the market for this product and in this situation what happens is a market maker gets assigned uh, that is a large uh, institution or uh, holding a significant number of these units right. uh, and with the ability to purchase these units but what happens is that they take their cut and therefore you're paying more or you're essentially getting less for your bharat bond etf purchase which typically should be categorized as the transaction cost exactly so so unless there is a significant amount of liquidity you might have to uh, shell out a little bit more when you're buying the rest all right so just to close out this conversation arvind i want to understand what type of investor according to you would benefit the most from holding this bharat bond etf and where do you think it should sit in somebody's portfolio uh, in my view this is this etf will be best suited for people who are looking to park their that portion of the portfolio which they are wanting to kind of uh, conserve or be in a very risk less um, portfolio mm. and which is which where they're looking for it to be available to them after 3 years or mm. maybe after 10 years yes today among the other options available one product that ticks off all the three boxes which is where you know the maturities within 3 years where uh, you know the indicative returns and third where there is um, the risk of the lowest priority mm. bharat bond ticks all these three boxes yeah. and that's why i think uh, this fits well into these investors talking about how much uh, should be parked here is i think a call every investor will need to take based yeah. on how much is the amount they are actually trying to 
park in the conservative category for mm. now mm. so in a certain situation say for example if you know exactly how much money you will need 10 years from now say young parents uh, who have children who you know they they'll have to provide for in terms of higher education mm-hmm. to conserve the amount of principal that they're setting aside perhaps they can consider doing this why not yes and in another situation say somebody who's retiring how how should they approach it yes because just before retirement there always has to be a consolidation phase as mm. we call it mm. so somebody who has managed to accumulate a decent sum and yeah. 10 years away from their retirement mm. can consider this mm. or even someone who is like around 3 or 4 years away yeah. may still want to park a substantial amount here to uh, ensure that this kitty becomes available to them at the end of those 3 years in fact i think if somebody is getting a certain amount of money at the end of their uh, tenure um and if they don't need that money immediately for the next 8 10 years they can also consider it say why not Yeah okay so there are various use cases for this i've heard i just want to ask you because are there any options apart from the etf that you can talk about i've heard a few people being a bit critical of the etf saying if you want to take exposure to uh you know a bond fund or basically a bond etf you might as well buy the bonds directly um and there are public issues to to purchase but they're not like to like comparison are they they may be a like to like comparison because if there are psu issues it would be a similar one but i think what stands out here one is uh, there are very few public issues coming for psu companies okay. one and number two here since it's not one company but 12 of them yeah. so concentration kind of, risk is not there the diversification is inbuilt into this system mm. which also uh, reminds me maybe to add one more concluding point here ki as we mentioned right at the start that this etf all you require is a dmat account mm. uh, for those investors who are not comfortable to get into a dmat account and invest uh, i think the amc also is planning to have a variant called as the fund of fund variant oh yeah how does that work so it will be very similar to a mutual fund mm. that you buy units of that fund which will act as the feeder fund and in turn they buy the etfs okay fair enough so it is similar to any other mutual funds that you hold mm. so investors have this option as well okay that's good to know i think that more or less covers the topic of the bharat bond etfs there are use cases as you mentioned and the features especially with regard to the taxation and the indexation benefits therein make it a superior product in a sense to fixed deposits right i hope that this conversation helped you out if you're thinking of subscribing to the bharat bond etf issue Do let us know what you think in the comment section and if you have any questions I'll be more than happy to share them with Arvind and I'm sure that he'll get in touch and answer all of them. This was BQ Big Decisions and you were listening to Bloomberg Quit. If you enjoyed Big Decisions check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Paisa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala, The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, my name is Anupam Gupta. I'm B50 on Twitter. I am the host of Pesa Pesa, the show that talks money. 
on my show i speak to experts from every field of money and finance from stock markets equities debt funds credit cards life insurance every possible area of money and finance that you can think of we even did an episode on cryptocurrency i've got fantastic guests from mutual funds to personal finance experts everywhere robo advisory startups just name it we've got it at pesa pesa we help you make smart decisions about money you work hard for money now make your money work hard for you new episodes out every monday and you can listen to my show on the ivm podcast app or any other podcasting app that you have do you have a night routine well everyone has one and the to do list usually looks like this brush your teeth set that alarm get into your pajamas and switch off those screens But here's one more to add to that list. Tune into the Positively Unlimited podcast for a dose of positive action and tips on how to build powerful mindsets. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you tune into podcasts.